morning, everyone. This is Kathy Mason from MesaWorks Marketing here on Conscious Business Zone with my new friend, Kevin Jeffers. Hi, Kevin. Hey, Kath. How you doing? Great, great. So last time I saw Kevin, I got to have breakfast with him um, at the IONS event in Washington, D.C., which um, IONS stands for International Association for Near-Death Studies. And Kevin can talk a little bit about that experience, which would be interesting. But um, I, <laughs> I got to do a healing with Kevin, and I also got to have breakfast with him. And I think you'll be really amazed at his superpowers and um, how he could help you in many, many ways. So welcome. So Kevin, first, first question. Um, I read in your book that at 15 or so, you were able to heal your brother. It was a little bit later than that. I was oh, in my okay. mid-20s. Oh, okay. And uh, the evidence points to healing. And the yeah. evidence being x-rays and um, the before and after x-rays. Um, a little bit of the story on that was that when I was younger, I got a phone call from my mother saying, we need to go. I lived in Chicago. We need to go to St. Louis, which is about a six hour drive. So my brother-in-law and sister uh, brought their van over and we drove to St. Louis. And there my brother had played uh, his last hockey game in varsity level. And uh, he, had, he was fell into the boards and crushed his uh, lower vertebrae, which is, um, they weren't going to, they're sure, they were not sure he was going to walk again. So it was a, it was important to go there because I'd had experiences in healing, but frankly, I didn't know what I could do with a broken bone. I had never had that experience before. It was, it was always the insurmountable barrier that I had in my belief system. But yes, I could heal other things, but broken bones, that's, that would be difficult. But, you know, he's, he's my brother. I love him. I had to make the effort. So we drove to St. Louis, went to the hospital, and the doctor called my mother over and pointed to the x-ray, which showed the, the shattered vertebrae in his lower back. And um, my mom called me over and had me take a look. And uh, we walked into the room. There was, a, it was kind of humorous. There was a nurse there. And my mother just gave her a look, say, personal time, family time. And the nurse left. And um, suddenly, maybe not suddenly, but, but very soon, I seemed to be filled with energy. And I had this impulse to try to stretch my hands out as kind of like reaching for something, pointing to his body. And in, I started to go through the process of healing that I normally engaged in, which is intending healing energy to come through me to the patient. And he'd become the patient. Now I wasn't my brother to the patient, to the person who uh, had requested a healing. The energy flowed through. I could see it. It was going through my arms and out my hands as I directed my hands to, to where he was. And then all of this accumulated energy that I had collected in that six hour drive um, started going through me. And it was just an incredible experience for me personally. And then it was done. And being done means that the energy had completed its discharge to the patient, my brother. And I said, well, that was interesting. And I had no idea if this was going to do anything. But I was happy that I was able to do something. So we went uh, we went to the hotel, a hotel that we had booked, and uh, came back the next morning. And the doctor called my mother over, and he said, uh, "Mrs. Jeffers, I'm very very apologetic that we told you yesterday that your son had broken his back. We're very apologetic." that we put you through such uh, emotional turmoil. And he said, clearly the radiologist 
uh, made a mistake. And the radiologist who was standing there said, I didn't make a mistake. He said, the doctor said, did you mix up these x-rays? And the radiologist said, no, I haven't had any back injuries in here for a couple of weeks. So the doctor looked at my mother and kind of shrugged and uh, said, I, I can't explain this. I don't know what happened here, um, but we're happy that whatever it was that now the young man, my brother, my mother's son would not spend the rest of his life in a wheelchair. And I was frankly stunned because I had never gone to this next level of healing where I was used as a vehicle, literally used as a vehicle of healing to work on his back. And in the x-rays, I saw that the fracture had gone back, the, the pieces of bone had gone back to their original position and there were, there were little lines where they had separated and they came back. It wasn't a, a clean picture. It was just like a puzzle. You put it all back together again and everything fit. So that was my, uh, that was my experience. Thank you. Yeah. <laughs> You get these opportunities in life to evolve your skills. And that was a pretty big one for your, your mother knew you could do it, I think. And she had confidence, um, yes. Yeah. So, so do you think that she also has a skill or do you think someone else in your lineage has no. a healing skill like that? My older sister has been an emergency room nurse for 40 years. And she has helped people, uh, but it's never really gone to that that level of sophistication of pulling a fractured spine back together. And my mother never professed to have healing skills. She was a she was a very good sensitive. She could read people. So no, I I don't have anyone in my lineage or my family that has demonstrated this level of healing. Yeah, I wondered because I think it does go in a lineage a lot of times. Sometimes it'll skip a generation, but um, that's why I wondered. So so you didn't have anyone to mentor you as you started experiencing consciousness in, a, in an expanded way. Um, could you talk a little bit about that? Because um, you wrote this wonderful book called The Pattern an exploration of consciousness and um and that's your your per, your beautiful um gift actually to help all of us expand our knowing of who and what we are and our place in this reality so um do you want to talk a little bit about the road to discovering the pattern well it's been a long road <laughs> And it's not been an easy road. Um, I would, I've come over over the period of my life to understand I'm a, what I would call a natural sensitive. I started out that way. I had the ability to uh, see energy. Uh, I, as an example, when I remember when I was five years old, there used to be energy patterns and geometric forms spinning in front of me that I would put my hands out and play with them and direct them and redirect them. So it, se and it seemed that something was happening, but at five years old, you don't truly understand what that is. And then as I grew older, I lived in a small town in Ohio. You just, you really didn't talk about these things. Uh, it was best to be quiet. So the experiences that I accumulated through my youth were somewhat subdued because the environment did not accept them, did not uh, appreciate uh, one of the local kids who was a baseball player, hockey player, talking about spiritual matters that was usually reserved for the, the church. But as I grew older and I moved uh, out of that town into the Chicago area, um, it's as though I started to blossom, uh, become more aware, more sensitive. And then my mother, who is an excellent reader, 
started pointing me to the early uh, early mystics and the theosophists and the healers. Uh, is one time I got to see Catherine Coleman give uh, on stage healings, just an extraordinary experience. And this continued and through my late teens and uh, of somehow a person that I knew through a, in a, a group that I belong to is called ARE, Association of Research Enlightenment. Uh, we used to have weekly meditations, invited me to come over to his house and do a, a hypnotic regression, past life regression. And what's interesting is that in that time, no one had ever heard of past life regression. It was all very, uh, very quiet, very experimental. Uh, it wasn't until later that hypnotists started making this a, um, a specialty. And I went to, he put, he, whatever hypnotists do, I would, became hypnotized. Uh, he did a count regression, 100, 99, 98. And by 93, I was gone. Um, and I found myself in, in the room, floating in the room, going lifting up through the roof of that house and into a place that I'd never been before. And it was the first past life regression I experienced uh, was a, the life of a Viking. I was a young man, maybe 17 years old, and I was on a ship. It was my current brother's ship. He was the captain. We were going out a Viking, uh, which means... Vikings had some very bad manners and rather violent people, but that was my experience. And so because I was young, my brother put me up on the foremast of the ship as a lookout. And I think really just to get me out of the way, because what was going to happen next would be an engagement between his ship and one that he had spotted. So there a fight ensued and, um, I was enjoying it, young, full of energy. And then I felt a, th a thump in my chest and I looked over and there was a spear that had implanted itself in that area just above the heart. And I, I said, oops, and I died. So then I came out of the regression uh, fairly upset from that experience of dying. It, it was. And I decided that at that time I wanted to check this out. So I went to see a doctor uh, at the local hospital and I said, pointed to this mark in my chest. And I said, can you take a look at this? And the doctor said, was very concerned. He said, that's not, that's not good. So he rushed me in, took some uh, x-rays, chest x-rays or whatever x-rays you do to uh, verify cancer. And he came back and he said, no, there's no cancer. That's just a birthmark. And the birthmark is exactly the point where I experienced in that past life regression where the spear came in through my chest. I still have it. It's been a long time. So that was the, that was the beginning of my uh, evidential experiences into past life, into regression, into psychic phenomena. Up to that point, it had been interesting. Um, I could see things, but it was it was never brought to that level where it caught my attention, and then I wanted to go forward from there. Well, I do believe that our DNA has um, codes that are um, all of those experiences from our past lives are actually in our in our um, program that we are <laughs> but but um did you find that you found other lifetimes where you had passed that were also in in your field yeah I, it was like that was a turning point event for me and then i became interested and then i had more experiences and more experiences and uh and it's just been a cumulative effect. It's like a snowball going down the mountain. You got to get the thing started. You got to be patient, and, and, but it just gets bigger and bigger and it really takes over your attention. 
So I would say it's a cumulative experience. And I think that's important for people to understand is that it just doesn't suddenly whop you up the side of the head. It's something that you've been experiencing since you were a child, but you never fully understood what you were experiencing. And as, as we grow older, we have very strong familial influences. Mom thinks this, dad thinks that. Sometimes right. there's a religious element of belief. There is the conformity to a society that you learn through school and people around you. So you really are not encouraged or supported in discovering your full potential on a super consciousness level. But it's absolutely my, my point, my belief, my reality that we all have that. Yeah. And when we're, when we allow ourselves to release our doubts and concerns and to have an open mind that we learn more um, with that open mind than we ever did the way we were before. I was fortunate that I had a mother who was very interested in this, these kinds of things, directed me to different books, directed me to different lectures. I heard many, many interesting things from people that were popular in the psychic area uh, at that time. And this was pre new age. This right. was just psychic stuff. So I would say that people that have experienced these things should not so easily dismiss them um, because there may be more to it than we're allowed to, to believe. So I grew up also in Ohio and I had, um, I had capacity to see and feel and know things. And I remember I'm number four out of five. And I remember going, Hey, do you hear that? <laughs> Looking to be, you're what? <laughs> you know, just innocence. I mean, I just kept asking, and it's like, mm, I better zip it up because uh, it's not safe. But, but I did know that whoever was helping me, I could trust them in, in completely, and that they were incredible support. Um, I, I trusted them more than I trusted the humans. Um, I also remember as a child trying to figure out how you got love here, that it was obvious that we were in a game. And the game, as far as I could see, was to find unconditional love. But everything that I saw was conditional love. But it mm -hmm. sounds like you had a mother that understood and was giving you un unconditional love, right? Well, she definitely gave me the opportunity to have an open mind and pointing in, she knew my interest was we had discussed these and then she started pointing me to reading material. Um, and it just very slowly integrated itself into my life that there was more to life than what I knew. Uh, there was more to life than what I believed. So as I went through the process of setting aside my beliefs and focusing on an experiential life, allowing myself to experience that these amazing things started happening. That's so perfect. So that's so, why I, I firmly believe that everyone has that potential to experience when they're willing to step out of this box that they have created for themselves through their belief systems. So, so I believe, um, and I'm, I just want your opinion on this, that we picked those uh, patterns, uh, our programs, um, before we came here almost as a um, working material so that we would have experiences. And um, these patterns, which might be um, having betrayal or, you know, what, whatever um, being abandoned, all of those, those um programs really is what they are, we can work through them, but we've been taught to, because of shame and because of our, um, our cultures, we've been taught to push them away rather than experience them fully and, and release it. 
Could you talk a little bit about that, about what you see and, and how that relates to the pattern? Well, the later in life, I started um, very actively exploring other frequencies of consciousness. And that meant stepping out of the physical body and into an energetic body and moving to different points of energy configurations which compromise consciousness. And I was, I've been fortunate to go to the point where, um, in a sense, I started, in a sense, I began. Um, some people call it heaven. I call it the city of lights. I think that's where I came through to the the planet, the planet Earth, where I accepted this situation. But also, I firmly, I have experienced that when I'm there in the higher frequencies is not the same as who I am when I'm here. In the higher frequencies, we are very, we know everything. We live in a constant moment of now. We live in a state of perfection. And then we decide to come to earth to experience what earth has to offer to us. When you live in a state of perfection and then you move into a state of physicality, of having to survive, you realize that the planet earth is a predator environment. And I say that with absolute certainty that the earth is, is a, is adversarial to our growth of consciousness. And we develop all these societal norms to contain ourselves to, to places within the society that we're, we're born into for the simple fact is to step out is dangerous. Mm -hmm. In your total self, you know everything. But in your current self, the one we have now, is a very limited version of our full, of our fur, full personality, our, our full consciousness. Perfect. And but we and then we come here to learn something. What did we have? What did we come in to learn? I think is fairly evident to look at your life. What adversarial issues have gone through your life? Loss of a family member, um, violence. Um, the disregard of society for certain levels of that society. And that's what we choose. And as brutal as that sounds sometimes, the choosing of where we are, where we're born, who we're born, what family we are born into, what our situation is when we grow up, is by our choice. Because it gives us the opportunity to learn how to love. Because the earth in its lowest levels is, is as I mentioned, a predator uh, environment. But as we expand our consciousness, you realize that it's a very creative, loving environment. Mm -hmm. But first you have to survive. You have to make money. You have to have some place to live. You have to have food. You have to have all of the primal needs of being a human. And consciousness is not strictly limited, is not limited to people. Animals have consciousness. All forms of life have consciousness. All inanimate objects have consciousness. We're all in the process of uplifting our consciousness into higher levels of awareness and being. I love this. Okay, so you have in your book, Moving Consciousness to an Unstructured Reality. Ah. So the transformation that we're in right now is an opportunity to change our perspective of the constructs, man-made cultural constructs that are keeping us from the viewpoint of the expanded opportunity to co-create with consciousness, right? Well, we come in for, with a mission and the mission is self-imposed and you come in less than who you are. Right. And why do you come in less than who you are? 
so you can learn and experience and move through all of those spaces where it's basic consciousness at the survival level to the higher consciousness, which is the creative loving level. Okay. So, so in our lives, when we pass through the obstacles and the barriers, we find in ourselves our greater potential. And how do we do that? Well, we have to experience life. And different people come in it in, in different situations. Okay, well, the the unstructured reality is the transformation that all of the earth, all of the beings on the earth, and it's everything. It's as you said, anything that holds consciousness, plants, animals, rocks, um, everything. Mm -hmm. Um, is transforming to a higher frequency vibration. And that's right. where the, that's what I wrote the book called The Pattern, is that I had an experience of that uh, patterning where I was sitting in my meditation chair, my favorite great meditation chair. I talk about that chair. I really like it. Yeah. <laughs> Two or three o'clock in the morning, meditating. And then I felt like I was pulled out of my body and taken to this location where I could see a grid or the pattern of a grid with the galaxy, the Milky Way galaxy superimposed on it with the understanding that this is something that I need to pay attention to. This is something that's important to the next thing that I'm doing. And I, and as I went closer and closer into the pattern, it became a very intense emotional experience. What I saw was that there is a there's a plan a structure it was created for us by what i call the creator some people call god and the pattern is was designed just simply to lift us from the lowest level of consciousness into the highest level of consciousness while we're engaged in the process of living in in our particular planet embedded within the Milky Way. It, uh, it was a very emotional experience. Uh, when I came back to the chair, I couldn't talk about it. I just simply could not articulate what I had full articulate fully what I'd experienced. But more than that, it was such an intensely emotional experience where I saw all that is. I saw the patterns of my own life. Um, I saw the patterns of life and consciousness that affected people that I loved and cared for. And it wasn't a, it took me at least six months to find the words to explain the experience. And that was really just on demand of the person who was putting my book together is that Kevin, you need to talk about this. This is one of the things that are this critical in your growth in spirit. And then I was able to write it out. Uh, it was not a long, it was not a long story, but it was colored by the intensity of the experience. So now the shifting in my understanding of how life works is that when I see things um, that don't, they don't look right, there's a little bit of craziness to it. I realize that it's the human, and I use humans, it's all forms of consciousness, working through, um, working through the barriers that stand between them and becoming who they are. Um, so the craziness actually makes sense. Um, people making the decisions they make make sense because it's a part of their learning process. Everyone is different. Everyone has something different to learn because we have a, our unique agendas in how we're going to be a higher expression of consciousness. Do you feel that your soul is in multiple places all at once? And when you were out of body, you were reconnecting to that bigger aspect of soul? 
Well, from my view and my experience, not my belief, my experience, is that we are living all lives now simultaneously. Yeah. Which is mind-boggling, to tell you the truth, at least it is for me. Yeah. But when you go into the higher levels of consciousness, you see that everyone exists in a moment of now, and in that moment of now is timeless. There's no strictures or constructs of time on the, what I call there or the other side. It's just a moment, is constant moment of now. And within that moment of now, our higher self, meaning who we are, who we fully are, our full expression of consciousness, is experiencing everything right now. Right. And we're just one component of it. It's, uh, it's humbling to know that this current form of consciousness that I am embedded in is just one component of the total experience of my higher self. Wow. Okay. So I had a spiritually transformative experience over 20 years ago that I still think about every morning when I wake up that I, until I met a bunch of people from the IONS group, I did not have words for it. The other metaphysical works I had read didn't really have the emotion, have the heart or the love that, except Rumi. I mean, some of the Rumi poems, the desire and the longing and all of that, but it was pure love. It was a whole different aspect and then to try to integrate it or to have the words is is quite profound. And you did a beautiful job of explaining it here. Um, so I want you to know Joanne Palladino. Hi, Joanne. Wrote, as I rest in the words, experiences he is sharing, I can feel what he is pointing to lovely. Thank you. There we go. So, so, okay. So there are lots of people that get a glimpse of what you get, um, what you have, what you live in, and you're able to integrate that expanded perspective and, and use it in a human form. Do you want to talk a little bit of that, about that too? Because not, like I said, I, I, go to that expanded form, but it's sort of like it's a separate um, aspect of me than the aspect that's sitting here. So could you talk about how you integrated it? Well, the aspect of you sitting here now is integrated with the totality of yourself. Right. There is no separation. You are just in this limiting um, situation called a body. Um, and then that, that harkens back to what we're talking about, patterns of experience, which are meant to teach you the pathway to fuller consciousness. So you, eventually through the many lives that you're experiencing now, you will achieve that totality of consciousness. The higher self yearns for that experience, The what I call the earth experience, it's really the experience the planetary experience to be come to, to collect experiences and I keep saying that word but it's okay to collect different things that we have thought and done and and gone through to enhance the totality of our total self our higher self right. and eventually like all higher forms of consciousness we leave the galaxy we, we're gone. We're only here long enough in this misery called life to learn what we need to learn about creating, about spirituality, about love. But then we're not going to go anywhere until the entire planet is unified in this consciousness. Perfect. So it, the drag, if you want to call it the drag, is the lowest level of consciousness. And so it behooves us to support them and the uplift of their consciousness. Right, right. Well, 
there's so many people talking about the two Earths. There's a 3D Earth and a 5D Earth. And I don't really, uh, according to David Maria, there's a um, opportunity to have all of global consciousness uplifted right now. Actually, there's a turning point, he says, that we've just um, went through that allows there to be a unification. Do you have a sense of the, the period we're going through? I, I basically, um, I'm hoping that your perspective is hopeful <laughs> because there's a lot of people out there really talking about such fearful um, and, and maybe it is uh, past religious programming, but um, there's so many um, people that don't realize that they're, that God doesn't um, judge us. We judge us. And so um, do you have a feeling on, on the ascension of the planet or the period of uh, development that we're going through right now? Yes. Well, the, from my own personal experiences, the, we're moving towards that higher level of consciousness in a totality of all consciousnesses within the planet Earth. The rocks, the animals, the insects, the humans, the higher, the higher expressions of consciousness. The example, a whale. A whale is just an extraordinary form of consciousness. We're all moving together as who we are and how we express ourselves changes to a higher, higher frequency, to a higher energetic frequency. We are all moving towards that experience of oneness. And it's happening right now. And I've seen that evolution of, of thought and reality and consciousness and everything um, beginning at my earliest lives on the planet Earth, which was quite a while ago. We are now completing that cycle. And I believe that, and I believe, I don't particularly like that word, but I see that we are heading towards a much higher level of spiritual spiritual expression. And what we're in right now is the conflict between the old modes of thinking and the new mode of thinking. And it's a, it's like squeezing out the bad, squeezing out what doesn't work, moving towards what does work. And we are collectively moving towards what works. So, that's another question I have about the structure of what works. Um, if we're if we're evolving to higher consciousness, what do you see is the higher consciousness, sometimes called the fifth dimensional um, consciousness? How do you see the the culture of that? Right now, we have a patriarchy. We're, we're hoping that there's a balance more between the divine masculine, divine feminine, and the new world. But if there, there is an opportunity to have a different type of operating system to the game, um, how do you see that? Do you have any insights into that that you could share? What I see is unification of consciousness. Okay. Right now, we're, <clears throat> we're specks of consciousness. I see. We're expressions of light. And where we're heading is towards all of the particles of light coming together yeah. in agreement, in unification. Now, clearly, that's not working right now. But <laughs> you, you do see it. Right. Um, I've lived long enough to see the, the shift from self-concern, survival, into higher levels of, of spiritual expression. So from my view, it's all happening now. And it's really our job or our particular objective is to help that unification of consciousness. 
So the unification of consciousness does not include judgment. It includes a, a more the namaste oneness type of um, concept. But is there something more that because what I'm seeing is right now you and I are talking and our our higher consciousness is watching us like collecting data. <laughs> it's not judging anything. It's just watching. And so there's all these different aspects of ourselves, which allow your field to receive much more information than just this verbal. Plus our heart is gathering. It's the brains really, not this. So, so do you see us operating totally from that wider perspective where we recognize like the indigenous recognize life force energy in every object, the creepy crawlers, they, they have a whole uh, aspect of that. Do you see that? When I, <clears throat> when I have gone out into the higher levels of frequency, and I talked to friends I've made, and over the years I've made many friends of, you could call them spirit guides, different forms of consciousness. They think that the earth view of life is silly. Um, they don't understand prejudices. They don't understand judgments. They don't understand why people would need to be the way they are um, in light of what our internal experience of who we know who we are. Mm -hmm. It's true that most people are good people and there are some that are bad people, some that have somehow become twisted in their expression of, of consciousness, but we are in our totality, good people. We protect our neighbors. We look out for our family. We take care of the elderly. We do all of those things that we know are right to do because we're tapped into or we're connected to our higher self. Right. There's a direct line of communication from us to the higher self. Um, so other than the thoughts that these prejudicial behaviors, these judgments are, are silly, they're reality. And so spirit works with us to move us past our concepts, our restrictions, Spirit is intimately involved in our life. Um, and generally, we just don't see that. We're not attuned to the higher frequencies because we simply don't believe in them or we have been taught that this is something that is only gifted through some religious organization. My sense of it is, is that we are fully capable individually to become more than who, become a higher expression of who we are than what we're expressing now, what we are demonstrating or showing now. So when you say um, we're expanding our consciousness to, um, to be clear of the, the programs, I, I don't know what words you, so excuse me if it's clumsy, um, the programs that we it chose before we got into physical. When we um, clear those, if if we can, um, do you find that the game will be over? I mean, is there? <laughs> because I do see this as a game, and and part of that makes it much more fun than because in the game there's there's setbacks and then there's. It's, it's all, um, you know, do you believe that this foundation is a loving, caring universe versus a scary, frightening universe? It's all the above. Okay. Well, so you get to choose how you experience Every moment it. is a choice. Every interaction with your fellow being is a choice or the plant that's behind you. you your interaction with the plant affects the total quality of consciousness that is expressed on this planet. Everything that you do is a component of the expression of spirit. That makes sense. Okay. Everything. So, so you, 
And then what does it look like to us? Because we're bound within the structure and the, the beliefs of time is that we don't see that we have such an impact. We don't see that our choices make a difference. How we act makes a difference. Right. Um, we have we have no appreciation of the impact our lives have on the totality of consciousness. But we won't come together as a unified a unified form of consciousness until we work together. Right. And we smooth away for people who are struggling with their lives to go into a better life. And I not necessarily mean more money. What I'm talking about a better life is that they see and experience spirit. I remember when I was 18, I was sitting at the cafeteria table at the university that I went to and I was thinking things through and I felt something like a, a tap on my shoulder and I could hear clearly that I needed to attract spirit to me through my actions and behavior and my willingness to connect with higher levels of consciousness. And it wasn't a simple matter of just nodding my head. I had to work at it. I call it uh, signaling to spirit, becoming attractive enough to spirit to come into your life and express itself. Beautiful. It's like Beautiful. a tap on the shoulder. You said, hey, Kevin, there are things you need to do. You just can't sit here. And I went, I was an artist at that time. Yeah, you make great art and you're having a fun time and you're making friends, but you're not touching the core reality of life, which is a higher consciousness. Perfect. So tell me what you think about karma. Is there such a thing? Karma is, is immutable. It is absolutely immutable. You will receive back what you have put out either in the immediacy of the moment or in the future because energy is a balancing act. Negative and positive can work together. But when we do certain things that disrupt that balance, then we become in opposition to uh, a harmonious existence and then things happen and sometimes they're bad things. Um, people's misfortune, illness, accidents, loss of a job, loss of a family, loss of, uh, you know, a married life. I tend to look at it from that point of view is all balancing energy. That makes sense. Yeah. But there is the element and maybe this is a little too religious, but it's my experience. There's an element of grace. When you reach out to spirit and ask for forgiveness or alleviation of the burdens and the, the problems in your life, spirit listens. Yeah. But it will not, spirit will not take action until you ask. Right. And that might be a form of prayer, but I usually hear people saying, I, I pray for, I pray for a new car. I pray for a better job. That's not prayer. That's just putting your request list in the spirit saying, yeah, I'd like that to happen. But then spirit's going to come back and say to us, what have you done to make that happen? Right. What, what have you put into motion in your life that even qualifies you for that kind of gift, that kind of benefit? You it's don't do the work, you don't get the reward. It's just, that's life. It's a different kind of law of attraction. Yes. <laughs> you have to do something. So I wanted you to know that Katie Louise is here and she says, this is a great discussion. Hi, Katie. Thank you for coming. So so um, I wanted to um, segue to some of these wonderful slides, if you want. Do you sure. want to look at those and have people understand? And again, you guys, if you missed um, the first part of this conversation, this is a book that you want on your bookshelf, um, especially if you're on a spiritual path and you've been 
looking for ways to, uh, for new understanding. I think it'll really support you in so many ways, if not just for your own upliftment and your own growth, just reading the book, but also for your uh, capacity to communicate to others about it. So, okay, so here we go, here we go. So, oops, that's on slide two. So this is slide one. This is Future Men, where we are fully enmeshed in an in, in energetic expression of soul. Wow. We have, we have stepped beyond the earth. We have moved into the higher levels of, of spiritual consciousness. We become energy. We become a pure form of soul. So these pictures that we're going to take a look at uh, were developed with an artist that I work with when I talked about my experiences and what I would see and not see. And we finally, we meshed together. And this is a fairly accurate rendition of what I call future men or future being. Wow. And you notice there's some interpretation of the pattern grid behind the, the being with little gold sparkles, which I equate with each of us. Wow. That's beautiful. And this is where I think where the journey begins, where you make an offering of yourself to be available for a spiritual experience. Um, your prayers, your thoughts, your goals are to lift yourself up to, to the light. Beautiful. And, and this is just, this is really an artist's interpretation of the pattern and the tree represents humanity. The tree represents consciousness, deep roots, wide branches with upliftment to the higher, to a higher light. So I think to conceptualize what consciousness is, I think this is a great, great expression of all of our consciousness growing upward, framed within the pattern, which you see in the background. Beautiful. Now this took a while to develop. When I was in church one time and I was listening to something or the other, and I was getting a little bored with what was being said, just getting distracted, thinking about work, thinking about family and kids. And I started looking around and then I looked behind me up into the organ where the organ is. And I saw these bright sparkling forms flitting back and forth and having a conversation, totally disregarding everyone down below them. Uh, were listening to the sermon or whatever they were doing. And then they became aware that I was aware. So one of them came to me, actually three of them did, one and then another couple, and they were just hovering close to me. And I had never had this kind of experience in my life. And then I, then they, I said, what are you? Who are you? And they said, we're spirits. Were angels. And I hesitate to use the word angel because angel is just simply a higher level of consciousness. And then I went back to my artist and I'm talking about it. And then he thought about it and meditated. He's a very thoughtful young man. And he came up with a series of these pictures. And I knew that's exactly what I had seen. So I present this saying, this is a spiritual expression of consciousness. And I call them angels, but then that's probably not even an adequate word. They're just higher expressions of consciousness. Beautiful. And in my mind, that's what they look like. Beautiful. So this is the precursor to this image was that I had an experience for the first time of going into the light. And it was precipitated by 
um, an emotional experience I had where uh, my business was collapsing around me and I had pretty much just quit. I didn't want to go on. And I was ready to do some things that I should never have considered in the first place. But before the action was taken, I was pulled out of my body and moved towards this light. And this is the representation of a soul moving into the light. At that time, this was before Raymond Moody and all of the studies on near death, there was no tunnel, there was no gateway, no escalator, there was just the light in it. The experience I had was that it was a bright light. It was an oval shape, but it was really a, a separation. It was a barrier between here and there. And I went up to the light and I looked into it and I saw some of just astonishing things. And I was ready to go. That looked a lot better than what I was experiencing at the moment. That looked, uh, you know, a lot better. And then this figure st stepped out in front of me and it was the form of a woman who was just incredibly just shining in a shining robe and in a, in a shining light who put her hand on my chest and pushed me back said, Nope, not your time. So that put away all negative thoughts that put away all thoughts of changing my circumstances. Wow. It just radically changed how I looked at everything in the sense that I no longer dwelled, dwelled in the negative aspect of my life, but I started living in the positive. Perfect. And I said, I want to go there again. But what happened was that when I touched the light, you can actually touch it. It's a, it's a physical, it's a physical experience as well as a, an emotional experience. When I touched the light, I became connected to the light. Nothing separates me from the light because the experience of the light is always with me. And it's really informed my entire, my entire life in soul travel and healing and manifesting in intention. So it was that first connection to the light. And I think that that's important to find the reality of who you are. And some people have the near-death experience later in their life. They find it extraordinarily uh, disruptive. Um, some don't want to remember it. But it really doesn't matter what each person's experience of the light is. They are now connected to the light. One thing I do know is that when you go to the light, when you pass, you will go to the light. Why? Because you know the pathway. You know how to get there. Good, good. In the last portion of my life, I started being engaging what I call soul retrieval. These are going out looking for souls that are lost. And it's about reaching out to them and touching them and pulling them through to the light. So this image is a, the concept of one soul reaching out to another soul, pulling them into the light. And that touch is, a, is its radiance. That touch is um, healing taking then taking them into the light so they can continue their journey so this is a very personal image that i actually drew and gave to the artist and i said when these hands touch amazing things happen so whoops i didn't mean to make me fall let's get us back to booth okay <laughs> So the um, the opportunity for people to understand this is really um, a huge gift that you offer, Kevin. Plus, the opportunity to work with you as a healer is another opportunity. Do you, 
do you um do, is there ways for people to connect with you so that they can learn more well i have a website yeah and in the website is the book and some experiences that i've had and, and there's a blog and there's also a link to uh various youtube blog uh podcasts that i've done so i think that this address the pattern.pub um, is a good pointer towards what i have created as an experience of consciousness and um but as far as um the the audience if they wanted to work with you is there an opportunity to work with you not at this moment oh okay we'll um I used to have a healing practice and then I stopped doing that. And then um, I have talked to someone about doing workshops. <laughs> so I think I'm ready to go out of that isolation that I've been in for a long period of time and start talking about these experiences. It'd be fantastic. Everyone is available um, to experience the higher consciousness and their uh, connection to the light. And uh, this is a perfect time to do that. So I highly recommend that people get this book, The Pattern, and start there. And then once, once you do that, then you're gonna want to hear more about Kevin and go to his website. And um, you can get his book at uh, thepattern.pu be pub like publisher pub mm. so um so once you get that and then uh, as he said uh, look him up on youtube you can hear lots of other um uh discussions that go to different aspects of his experience and his connection to the light that may just be the spark that you need to reconnect you to your light so thank you very much it's been a pleasure. Thanks for having me today. Yeah, yeah. Well, I'm, I'm thrilled. Thank you. So bye, everybody. Please share this and uh, please, please uh, help other people know about this great opportunity.